So I'm going to dodge around a little bit as to uh, where to stand. But uh, what I'd like us to look at this evening is uh, under the heading starting as a student. Last time we looked at what, it in, what, it, what does it involve. And this time I'd like us to look at the question, is it worth doing? Is it worth being a student from a Christian point of view? Or is it uh, pointless? Is it a waste of time? Is it rather indulgent? Uh, indulgent in the sense that you, you're just doing something for yourself which is uh, a bit sort of selfish? Uh, is being a student actually second best to being a missionary? Or working with the homeless or something like that? Or is being a student a snare and a distraction to faith? So that would be putting rather negative spin on being a student. So that's what I'd like us to look at. Last time we looked at what does it involve. Do you remember what we talked about last time? These are all the things that we said being a student involved in terms of things that changed. Uh, so we said your change of home, uh, a new independence, change uh, from parental care to being much more uh, free, uh, probably a change of food, so you might have to learn to cook, uh, a change of health, so people get fresh as flu apparently uh, when they start in a new, uh, a new regime with new people around them, a challenge to character, uh, perhaps a change in possibilities of leisure activity, we talked about money, uh, having to make money work within the constraints of a budget, managing money, perhaps being in debt, well, I think almost certainly being in debt. Then we talked about social issues, uh, making new friends, perhaps losing old friends, perhaps facing loneliness. And then we thought about the intellectual change that uh, you, you have to use your mind uh, the idea of being a student is so one presumes to learn uh, and to take responsibility for learning and we said that there's a change of geography so you're in a new place to get to know uh, big change in terms of time and time management so having to manage sleep uh, what time you go to bed uh, which you, you might not realize this, but there is a, a correlation between the time you go to bed and the time you are capable of getting up. So if you need to be up early, you actually have to go to bed early. don't know whether I'm just pointing out the obvious, maybe not. Uh, Decision-making, you actually have to make decisions. And for international students, there are all sorts of things on top of that to get used to, like uh, the currency, trying to work out whether things are cheap or expensive, doing little sums in your head. Uh, what is normal in terms of food? So some of our American friends uh, three or four years ago were unsure of the correct way to eat Weetabix and uh, they didn't know that you had to put milk with it. So think, think of that. Uh, and then maybe even just very basically language, uh, being able to cope with a different language. So those are the things that we thought of last time and maybe that makes some sort of sense and there's a little bit of a background for what we're going to look at this time. So let's come back to this. 
and we'll pray. Lord, help us as we think about your world and about what we're called to be, whether we are younger or older. Help us to learn from you and to, to learn how to live in this world for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So my, uh, my basic idea, my thesis this evening is that the Christian view has this, um, this sort of motif to it, creation. So the world that we live in is created. Didn't just happen, isn't an accident, but is created. That the world that we live in experienced a fall uh, through humankind, through our first parents and specifically our first father, Adam, that what Christ came to do is to bring redemption. So we live in an age of redemption and that we are headed towards a final recreation of all things. So I'm not going to stop to bring scripture uh, sentences verses from the bible to show that i'm just going to assert that that's the case and if you're unsure whether that's true or not we probably need to have a different discussion but i'm going to assume that that's the case let me just draw this out a little bit and say creation the fact that this world's created means that it has purpose it is made teleologically it is made for a purpose that it is made with certain order in it, certain patterns of existence, uh, certain patterns in the natural order and certain patterns particularly in the order of human, uh, of the human race. It's, if it's created, it has value. Uh, in the Bible that we read, God made everything and he said it was good. So he looked at created things, said this is good, cabbages are good, giraffes are good, sunsets are good, rivers are good. All those sorts of things are good. And not only is there a value, but there is a meaning. It's not, uh, so if something's created, it isn't valueless and meaningless. It has a value and a meaning. Creation was made with physicality and creation was made with all those things in the presence of God. So there was no, uh, no distinction between, if you like, spirituality and physicality. The created world was what God intended it to be and he says this is all good, this is all as I want it. So that's what applies to creation. Let's just think of what then this says about the fall. So the fall through Adam's sin brings about an undoing of many, but not all, many of the things in creation. So instead of a purpose, we get distortion. Instead of order, there comes into the world disorder. Things that were supposed to fit together neatly and run smoothly no longer do so. Instead of the value, and this isn't an exact opposite, but 
there, there entered into the world shame and it would be interesting to explore the meaning of shame but you notice in the reading that the man and his wife were naked and they felt no shame but after the fall the, the, the experience and the reality of shame enters where there had been meaning and value there now enters frustration uh, a sense of what the, Bible, the old uh, translation would call vanity meaning not conceitedness but a certain emptiness uh, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul says that creation was subject to frustration or vanity and that has come in through the fall uh, I've put there sin sin has entered so the Bible says that this created world is intimately linked with the moral world of humankind and when sin entered the moral world of humankind this affected the whole of creation and instead of the presence of God the world we now live in experiences something of estrangement from God so the presence of God does not fill and consciously visibly permeate everything God is still there but there is a sense of estrangement and in the, the Bible it's put in this uh, fashion of the garden and Adam and Eve being kicked out of the garden so they are at a distance from God now if we come to redemption I would like to assert that what we see in redemption is creation restored or beginning to be restored and what we are looking forward to in the final end is creation fulfilled and we could talk about that because the, the New Testament talks about Christians and how to live as Christians and I would contend that his guiding principle is what was creation intended for that Christians go back to that and seek to live as in the order and pattern of creation and looking ahead into the future what God has in store although Christians rather loosely talk about heaven and hell I mean that's a fair enough dichotomy but heaven is a very to say that Christians are aiming for heaven is, is rather loosely putting it because we are not aiming to waft around in clouds if that's what heaven means we're aiming for a new creation a new heaven and a new earth so just as Christ was raised physically that is the first fruits that's the beginning that's the prototype of the new humanity so there will be a resurrection world a new world in which uh, so we presume the presence of God will once again permeate and energize and amazingly fill uh, the whole world that human beings have to live in I put here a little conundrum this being the case spirituality is what how would we how would we summarize what would be a way of summarizing what in this period of time 
spirituality is. So I'm not, I'm not going to answer that. I'll leave, leave that there. I think I can leave that on the screen for you to think about. So that's, that's where we're going to go this evening. We're going to think about those things. Does that make sense so far? Right. So let's, let's come down here. And what did I do with my Bible? So let's look then at this beautiful picture, which we can work on together. I'd like us, so bearing in mind that creation sets the pattern that Christians are now called to follow in a, in a we are restored to, to carry on where Adam sort of left off. Can you see the picture? Not quite. Okay, this is, uh, this is my picture of Genesis 2. Trees, uh, an area which, I pers- uh, which I'm, I'm intending to be the garden. So if you look in chapter 2, verse 8, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. So the whole world wasn't a garden, but there was a specific area which was the garden. And in it are trees. And there's Adam. And I've got four blue lines. Any of us a suggestion what the blue lines are? Rivers, yes. Uh, we could name them, couldn't we? Uh, one of them is the Pishon. Am I right? What's the next one? The Gihon. And then... Tigris and then the Euphrates now we still have those two rivers they run through Iraq I think don't they I'm not sure about how, how, what the identity of those is seeing as the rivers run out that's what it says I presume that the garden is situated on high land that would make sense for the rivers running out that's what rivers do and I'd like us if we can to work together on what sort of world Adam was put in and what sort of life God intended him to live and I would like to answer these questions later if Adam was here which university courses could he reasonably do and what should he look out for what which courses, what caveats or constraints, caveats meaning what should he be aware of and constraints meaning what should he consider a boundary that he shouldn't cross. Okay, that's what we're going to do this evening. So, uh, let's do this here. So I've put um, a line covering all the trees and then one arrow for a particular thing in the wood. Anybody like to suggest Is that my battery? How could we label then the uh, these bits here? Any suggestions? Have a look at the text. I'm thinking of verses 16 and 17. Okay, uh, all of the trees, and what does he say you can do with all of the trees? 
eat. Okay, there's a, a freedom to eat from all of the trees. So I'm going to put the word freedom there. So a freedom to eat from all of the trees. Except one. Except one. So there's one there. And which tree is that? Then he's not supposed to eat from. The tree of knowledge of tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, so there's one tree which he is not to eat of. So he's got a large amount of freedom, but there's one constraint. And this tree, my personal way of explaining it would be to say it's the tree when you eat this, you can decide what is right and wrong. You don't have to wait for God to tell you when you've eaten this, you can decide it for yourself. I think that's what it means by knowing good and evil. It's a sort of deciding knowledge, what I think anyway. So there he is with the, the trees. Who would that be? I think that's Adam. You probably recognized him. So that's Adam. Now then, these are a little bit more demanding questions. So I'd like to think, what is his identity? <clears throat> Excuse me. What is his task? What resources and help are mentioned? And what freedom and limitations does he have? Okay, so what do we say? Who is he? What, what are we told about his identity? Okay, hang on. Let's, let me just let me go through the questions again. So that's who is he? What what's his identity? What is his task? What resources can help him? Does he just do this on his own? Is there anything else mentioned there? And what freedom does he have? And what limits are there, if any? Okay. So those are the questions. We can do them in any order. Probably best if you sort of stick up a hand a little bit uh, so we're not all speaking at once. Yes, sir. Thank you. He's the first gardener. So shall I put, where shall I put that on there? Tasks? Ta I, I think tasks is good. So a gardener. So I'm just going to go straight over the page. So if that's the case, if there was a uh, a gardening course he could do he could study gardening horticulture anybody here ever studied horticulture yeah yeah you did that didn't you very very adamic okay so he was a gardener could we right Good answer, thank you very much. Let's go a little bit further. Mark? Yeah, he's a man. Okay. He's actually the man, because Adam, uh, um, yeah, man. Okay, so Maria is saying, made in the image of God. Where do you get that from? Anybody help? Where do we get that from? 126.27. The man is in the image of God. Now, are any of the 
anything else created, any of the animals or anything else said to be in the image of God? No. The woman is as well, yes. Uh, so I'm going to put male and female, put an M and an F there, male and female, in the image of God. This is a unique thing about humankind made in the image of God. And that, that's a huge statement to make. It's a very, a very strong thing for Christians to understand. Why do we care about street drinkers? Why don't we just have a cull? Answer, because street drinkers are made in the image of God. Why do we care about children that are born, perhaps not with the same capacities as other children answer because the human beings are made in the image of God why do we care about older people when they are no longer productive and perhaps need a lot of attention answer because they are made in the image of God there's a huge value and preciousness of people for this simple but profound reason when you look at a human being and observe a human being, you see something reflecting who God himself is. Now, that's a deep mystery, but this is said right at the beginning of the Bible and is very, very important. So his identity is made in the image of God. For example, uh, God keeps on speaking. He says, let there be light and things like that. And human beings characteristically speak, which is what I'm doing at the moment, and you're listening. If we were meerkats, I would go like that. And that's as far as our communication would go. And you might go like that as well. <laughs> But only human beings conduct themselves by speech. And this, I think, would be a very simple example of part of what it is to be in the image of God. God is a speaking God. We are speaking people. Okay, so man is in the image of God. Anybody else like to give any other thoughts on any of those in any order? Okay, very much. Uh, he rules. Could you give us a verse for that, please? 26. 126. Thank you. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. And where else did you say? 28. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground so he's a ruler so I'm going to put that there ruler he's not an absolute ruler because God is the top ruler but he's a sort of second tier ruler under God's rule human beings are told to rule uh, this whole whatever you call it ecosphere all the things that that live and move and uh, 
multiply on earth. So he's a ruler. And one of the other suggestions about image is that when a a global ruler wanted to emphasize that he ruled. So when Nebuchadnezzar wanted to emphasize that he ruled in the plains of Dura, he set up an image of himself and said, you know, my authority is somehow channeled through this image. And here's another thought about humankind, that God's rule is sort of channeled through human beings who are his image here on earth. Uh, I remember when I first started teaching, I wondered whether I should have a badge to say that I was a Christian or put some Christian um, sign up on the room that I was teaching in. And I, at that time, read a book on man, the image of God. And in the book it said, how is God's presence shown in any particular place? How is God's presence shown in any particular place? Through people because people are the image of God. And it came to me, well, it struck me that if God's presence was going to be shown in that room where I was doing teaching, uh, it had to be through me. I couldn't duck out and put a, a motto on the wall and, so, and point people to that. They had to be able to look at me and see uh, through me, hopefully, to see something of, 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 of who God is. So, okay, ruler, thank you very much. Let's carry on. So we've got identity, tasks, can I put ruler here as well? Okay, any more answers? Yes. Okay, verse 20. Tell us what happened. Well, he does, doesn't he? So he's not just a gardener. He also gives names to the livestock. So this is a task that he does. He names the animals... And what would you, what did you say that that was being? Zoology. Zoology is the science of living creatures, giving them names, seeing which ones are like which other ones, looking at their habits and things like. So he names the animals. So I think he could do a zoology course, couldn't he? Like that, an L there. Okay, so we've got him signing up for horticulture and for zoology. Oh, right, okay, so if he's a ruler, do you think he needs to do a management course? Because ruling involves keeping records of things and making sure people get memos and uh, things like that. So perhaps he can do management. Okay, let's go a little bit further. So he names the animals. How would he remember the names that he's given them? He could write them down. He, he might have had a perfect memory, yes, but would it? Would, but if somebody else came along and said, what did you call that? He might say, look it up on the list. What's it like? It's got... Um, um, got fawn sort of fur, big whiskers, I don't know, whatever it is like that. I, I, I sort of wonder whether he would do writing, whether that might be part of what he should 
sign up to to do I, I'll put that in there just and of course somebody wrote this down didn't they at some point somebody wrote this down can we go any further yeah yes he is he's, he's to be a husband Okay, he's to be a husband and a father, and that's actually quite a, an important part of the last section there about woman. I notice that the first recorded poem, which is what it is, if your Bible shows it as a poem, that would be correct. The first recorded poem is from a man who, for the first time, claps eyes on this woman. I'm going to sign him up for a poetry course. Singh is going to be a husband and a father yes yes I'm going to uh, sign him up for a parenting course or a teaching course shall I sign him up for child psychology as well child psychology was probably a lot simpler before the fall but not non-existent let's uh, I mean all other things being equal yeah okay shall we any other answers to these questions yes the resources and the help do you notice that in verse 18 God says it is not good for the man to be alone and loneliness is not a good thing and the particular answer in this case uh, was a helper suitable for him now bear in mind this is saying there is Adam he's got all that all this for him here but he's not actually completely equipped for this task there are things that he cannot cope with there are things that he can't do as they should be done in verse 18 he needs some help and this is the point where all the animals come so all the characteristics of the animals are investigated these are animals here's an animal that's very tall here's an animal that's very strong here's an animal that uh, makes a loud noise here's an animal that can dig holes in the ground but having seen all the capacities that animals have there is no suitable helper for Adam all these qualities are not enough to help him so the Lord takes um, takes something out of Adam it says a rib I don't think that's necessarily a medically precise term a side of man and forms this side into a living person and brings this sort of side of Adam back to him and, and this is the point at which he says this is bone of my bones flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man and he says for that reason there's a sort of magnetism that men and women like to sort of click back together having been 
taken apart, clicked back together. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. So the help, in this case, is woman. So this is saying that, it's not saying that the man is totally incompetent, so please don't hear me to say that, but it's saying that there's things that men can't do in this whole task without woman. I mean, in particular, of course, uh, producing children. Very difficult to do that otherwise. Uh, but I think it's larger than that. It's saying that this whole venture needs what woman can bring to it. Uh, and man is limited without woman. There are things that a woman can see that a man can't see. There are things that a woman can say that a man can't say. There are things that a woman can bring to a situation that a man can't bring to a situation. So he needs woman. Thank you very much. Any other answers to these questions? So if I put recipient of something, yeah, I think. So I've written there, recipient of abundant gifts. Uh, I think you've put your finger on an important point there, because as well as all these things where it says I give you we've got the idea of God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase so there's a sense in which this whole thing is under a huge blessing that God isn't being grumpy about this but he's totally for all these things that, that, that humankind has before it or them Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Well, that's helpful, isn't it? I put creation's bounty. How about that? As resources. Yes. Well, that's. I think that's. Uh, thank you very much for pointing that out. So it says in verse 12, so we've just, it's described the, the rivers, and it, the rivers flow through such and such a place. There's gold, and aromatic resin, and onyx, onyx being one of these semi precious stones. Now, interestingly, that combination is also found in the temple and in the tabernacle so gold things were covered with gold and the aromatic 
smelly things were found in the temple and onyx was one of the precious stones that was found on the high priest's regalia. So there's certainly an an, an echo there of the sort of like, if you like, the holiness of this place. But I think Steve's got a good point here. So how does anybody know that there's gold there? Well, yes, okay. So who's going to do the digging? Adam. So he's got to do, uh, he's got to do digging. He's got to find out what you do with gold, what makes gold gold. He's going to be a metallurgist. I'm sorry you said that because I can't spell metallurgist. Uh, I'm going to put metals there. Uh, We could try signing him up for a metallurgy course here, shall we? Met, ah, two L's, metallurgy. And I think we'll sign him up for chemistry because he was going to need to know whether gold reacts with things. Jewelry. What did you say, Chris? Mining. So it's going to do mining and it's going to be safe. I think he needs to do a civil engineering course as well. And if he's going to have other people helping him do the civil engineering, he better have a management course and he'd better do health and safety. Although I don't know whether health and safety would have been an issue before the fall, but let's, let's be on the safe side. Uh, oh, thank you very much, these rivers. So he could do something to do with boating. How would he know? Do you notice that something's east? It does say east. So if he's going to know what east and west and north and south are, he needs to do a bit of geography, doesn't he? Yeah. I need to do some mapping. Do you call it mapping or is there another? Cartography. Thank you. He can't do mapping without trigonometry. Things like that. So we've signed him up for trigon, trigon, trigonom, trigonometry. And if he's going to do all this, is he going to do all this calculation by hand? I mean, he might do. Well, yes, in the fullness of time, he might, he might want to do uh, a numerical computational course. Yeah, I'm going to go way ahead and say I think he might, he might have to do a computing course, actually. Of course, Paddy's doing computing. That's quite a, quite a long list of things that he could be doing. Yes, he hasn't got anywhere to live at the moment. Uh, so he might want to put this large family, which at the moment, as things are... Uh, as things are before the fall, we would imagine there's no particular constraint children that he has, so he's got to put them somewhere. So he might want to, well, if, 
he might want to design some houses so he might want to do an architecture course architecture archi architecture he might want to do a building course which would involve plumbing and electricity yeah he had to invent electricity first but he could be an electrician yeah I think interior design might be useful because he wants to know what to put in that house interior design he, interestingly he wouldn't have had to do linguistics or he wouldn't have had to do translation because at this point there's no different languages but he might have had to invent more language so perhaps he should do linguistics there's quite a lot of things there. Does anybody want to add anything more to that? Yes. Uh, his wife particularly has an aesthetic sense. How do you spell it like that? A-E. Because she looks at the fruit a little bit later and she, says, she sees that it's pleasing to the eye. So there is a, an aesthetic sense. Things that are beautiful. And I realise it's a temptation but at th that point, it isn't a sin, so there's an aesthetic sense. So I think I'm going to sign him up for um, an art course. I don't put, all, no, no, put course, art. Yep, cooking. Cooking would be useful, wouldn't it? Cooking. And knowing the right sorts of things to cook, so I'm going to put him down for nutrition as well. And that might lead us to the what was there halfway down at one point, which was what caveats and constraints. We can bring this in very uh, easily for the cooking. There is going to be a constraint on the University of Eden cooking course. Uh, could be that, uh, but I was thinking one explicit one that we've already mentioned. Not the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. So whatever fruit... <laughs> that is you don't cook that you don't eat that so there are constraints there are constraints well th that's quite a big list and what haven't we yet done we've done his identity we've done his task we've done the resources and help does anybody want to say anything about freedom and limits are there no limits are there some limits what would guide him? Yeah, it's not to eat of this, of this tree. We could perhaps even, even make it a little bit more of a general statement. How would he know what his freedom and limits were? Yeah, because he's told, isn't he? It, it, the freedom and limits are, are as told by God, and in particular uh, by his word or by his words. And so, oh, I'm squeaking, aren't I? Above all the...
the particular thing that God says is you can have freedom of all this but there's just one thing I don't want you to do which is eat this from this this tree I think the principle uh, is the same uh, for us today although the content of what God says is enlarged Uh, all these areas of study are meant to be under the constraint of sorry that's got lost let's see if I can make it clearer by using this different pen all of this all of that there is to be under the word of God and of course that's where the problem can arise because secular education says well we want to study anything we want to take it anywhere it goes we don't really care uh, about any higher authority that's a big difference isn't it the Christian would say I'm free to study all of these as long as it comes under the authority and the control of Jesus Christ does that make sense right that is what I wanted us to look at and does anybody like to suggest what a a, a, a definition of spirituality might be on the basis of what we've been looking at I had uh, two words one beginning with T and one beginning with H and you can think about that while I'm looking for my pens true I was going to put humanness humanness that what God calls us to is true humanness true humanness being truly what human beings ought to be which is quite a thought